book two chapter twelve of the leopard's spots by thomas dixon jr this librivox recording is in the public domain recorded by michelle fry book two love's dream chapter twelve the music of the mills when gaston reached his home that night st clair had gone to bed it was one o'clock he could not sleep yet so he sat in the window and tried to realize his greatest happiness as he looked out on the green lawn with its white graveled walk glistening in the full moon the world is beautiful life is sweet and god is good he cried in an ecstasy of joy he sat there in the moonlight for an hour dreaming of his love and the great strenuous life of achievement he would live with her to inspire him it seemed too good to be true and yet it was the largest living fact like throbbing music the words were ringing in his heart keeping time with the rhythm of its beat i do love you and then he did something he had not done in years not since his boyhood he knelt in the silence of the moonlit room and prayed love the great revealer had led him into the presence of god the impulse was spontaneous and resistless lord i have seen thy face heard thy voice and felt the touch of thy hand to-day i bless and praise thee forgive my doubts and fears and sins cleanse and make me worthy of her whom thou hast sent as thy messenger so he poured out his soul next morning he grasped st clair's hand as he entered the room bob i'm the happiest man in the world congratulations you look it she loves me i'd like to climb up on top of this house and shout it until all earth and heaven could hear and be glad with me well don't do it my boy see her father first she says he likes me then you're elected i'm going to tackle him before i go home don't rush him there's a superstition prevalent here that the old gentleman has no idea of ever letting his daughter leave that home and that he will never give his consent when driven to the wall unless his son-in-law that is to be will agree to settle down there and take his place in those big mills he has two great loves his daughter and the mills and he don't mean to let either one of them go if he can help it do you believe that's true yes i do how do you like the idea it's not my style i have a pretty clear idea of what i'm going to do in this world well you better begin to haul in your silk sails and study cotton goods is my advice i'll manage him i don't know about it but if you've got her you're the first man that ever got far enough to measure himself with the general i wish you luck you the same old chum may you conquer boston and all the pilgrim fathers thanks the vision of one of them disturbs my dreams one will be enough then followed six golden days on the banks of the catawba every day he insisted with boyish enthusiasm on returning to that rock and seating her on her throne he called her his queen and worshipped at her feet he had the friendliest little chat with her mother and told her how he loved her daughter and hoped for her approval she answered with frankness that she was glad and would love him as her own son but that she disapproved of kissing and extravagant love-making until they were ready to be married and the engagement duly announced so he could only hold sally's hand and kiss the tips of her fingers and the little dimples where they joined the hand and sometimes he would hold it against his own cheek while she smiled at him but when they rode homeward one evening he dared to put his arm behind her 
high on the phaeton's leather cushion as they were going down a hill and then lowered it a little as they started up the grade she leaned back and found it there at first she nestled against it very timidly and then trustingly she looked into his face and both smiled isn't that nice sally yes it is i don't think mamma would mind that do you of course not well i never promised not to lean back in a phaeton did i certainly not and it's all right toward the end of the week the general began to show him a grave friendly interest he invited gaston to go over the mills with him the mills were located back of the wooded cliffs a quarter of a mile up the river there were now four magnificent brick buildings stretching out over the river's bottoms at right angles to its current and there was a big dye house a ginning house and a cottonseed oil mill the general stood on the hilltop and proudly pointed it out to him isn't that a grand sight young man we employ two thousand hands down there and consume hundreds of bales of cotton a day we began here after the war without a cent except our faith and this magnificent water power now look you have certainly done a great work said gaston i had no idea you had so many industries in the enclosure yes i sit down here on the hill some nights in the moonlight and look into this valley and the hum of that machinery is like ravishing music the machinery seems to me to be a living thing with millions of fingers of steel and a great throbbing soul i dream of the day when those swift fingers will weave their fabrics of gold and clothe the whole south in splendor the south i love and for which i fought and have yearned over through all these years ah young man i wish you boys of brain and genius would quit throwing yourselves away in law and dirty politics and devote your powers to the south's development yes but general the people of the south had to go into politics instead of business on account of the enfranchisement of the negro it was a matter of life and death i didn't do it no sir but others did it for you how he asked incredulously with just a touch of wounded pride well how many negroes do you employ in these mills none we don't allow a negro to come inside the enclosure precisely so you have prospered because you have got rid of the negro i've simply let the negro alone let others do the same but everybody can't do it there are now nine millions of them you've simply shifted the burden on others shoulders you haven't solved the problem if we had less politics and more business we would be better off but the trouble is general we can't have more business until politics have settled some things bah you're throwing yourself away in politics young man there's nothing in it but dirt and disappointment to me sir politics is a religion religion politics i didn't know you could ever mix em i thought they were about as far apart as heaven is from hell exclaimed the general they ought not to be sir whatever the terrible facts i believe that the government is the organized virtue of the community and that politics is religion in action it may be a poor sort of religion but it is the best we are capable of as members of society well that's a new idea it's coming to be more and more recognized by thoughtful men general i believe that the state is now the only organ through which the whole people can search for righteousness and that the progress of the world depends more than ever on its integrity and purity well you cut out a big job for yourself if that's your ideal 
my idea of politics is a pig pen the way to clean it is to kill the pigs gaston laughed and shook his head when they returned from the mills mrs worth drew the general into her room did he ask you for sally no the young galoot never mentioned her name i thought he would but i must have scared him you didn't quarrel over anything no but i found out he has a mind of his own so have you sir end of book two chapter twelve